Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Good morning and welcome to the Hoosier Huddle Podcast. I'm Sammy Jacobs. Along with me is TJ Inman, and we are moving on down our Power 5 uh, previews. Today is the ACC. Uh, today's episode of the Hoosier Auto Podcast is brought to you by Sports Drink, your digital water cooler. Sports Drink is a newly created internet community that tries to find the intersection of sports and not sports. They're here to help us grow and to hate your favorite team. A rising tide lifts all boats, so go check them out online or on social media. Go to sportsdrink.org or open Instagram and type in at sportsdrink, spelled like sportsdrink without the vowels. All we ask is that you close the door behind you. We're trying not to let the funk out. Uh, TJ, we are, are hitting our, um, our final Power Five before we get to the Big Ten. Um, in, in the ACC, we will not be talking conference realignment today. Um, the only thing we'll mention on that is we think that everybody is waiting for um, – Notre Dame to, to make a decision one way or the other, and, and they're going to stand pat until that happens. But let's get to the ACC. Uh, last year, uh, Clemson did not win the ACC. They had a down year in which they won, you know, 10 games and uh, a Cheez-It Bowl championship. Uh, what is your overall view of the ACC this year? I think it's for me, it's a tale of kind of two divisions. I think the Atlantic division is incredibly interesting. Um, I think there's some really good teams in the Atlantic and definitely a potential playoff contender in the Atlantic if they can answer some questions that they have coming into the season. I think that the Coastal, as is often the case here over the past decade, I think the Coastal is a gigantic mess. Um, Miami certainly feels the best uh, as a program right now coming off of, um, you know, an interesting season, but adding Mario Cristobal, uh, you know, him returning home and, and the additions that they've had, the recruiting momentum they've had, and the strong season they got uh, from Tyler Van Dyke last year, at quarterback at the back end of the year. I think that Miami feels like a program with momentum. Everywhere else, just gigantic question marks in that division. So I, I, I'm really, really interested in the Atlantic, not so much in the Coastal. Um, but as a conference, I think everybody um, you know, knows that Clemson continues to be the program to beat but there are legitimate questions about how much longer that's going to be the case, because it does feel like those vulnerability uh, for the Tigers. Yeah. And you, you know, they do still have the most talent. Um, I, I think the not using the transfer portal um, and, and Dabo's reluctance there is going to eventually catch up to them. 
especially with Miami um, and John Ruiz giving however millions of dollars to bring people in uh, is going to catch up with them as well. But they are in different divisions. Uh, the Atlantic, you know, they, they Clemson came in the middle of the pack in the Atlantic last year. Um, you have NC State who should have their best year ever. They they do have to go to Clemson, and that's probably, you know, one of the games of the year uh, in the ACC. You have Wake Forest who's coming off a good year. Can they replicate that? You have North, can North Carolina bounce back? Can Pitt, who still has a very good offensive line, you know, manage the losses of Kenny Pickett and uh, their top wide receiver who went out to to USC. So I don't think it's Clemson and the rest of the pack anymore. Uh, I think last year they, they kind of got reeled in and they're going to have to find a way, um, you know, is it going to be, you know, the quarterback that makes a difference because they have the best defensive line, uh, maybe in college football, uh, definitely in the ACC. but they had a very good defense last year. They held Georgia without an offensive touchdown um, and, and things like that. So can DJ, I'm not even going to attempt the last name anymore. Can, can he be the quarterback that they need or are they going to go to that freshman uh, they brought in and, and, and roll with that? Um, they've done that before in the past uh, with Kelly Bryant uh, and, and, um, Trevor Lawrence, where, you know, Kelly Bryant came in, he played for a year and a half, and then uh, Trevor Lawrence was the freshman and and took over, and, and the rest is history. So it's going to be interesting to see what, what Clemson does in terms of offense. Can they get that offense uh, back to where it was a couple years ago? So, you know, the, it's they have a, a five-star quarterback coming in, and Christopher uh, – Visnia, um, you know, he's a top 50 prospect and things like that. Can they get him ready in case DJ um, Ungulele is uh, is not ready to go? Um, their schedule works out pretty well. They get Miami at home. They get NC State at home. Uh, they do have to go to Notre Dame uh, in that first weekend of November, but Notre Dame's also breaking in a new coach uh, and, and things like that. So, you know, a trip to Wake Forest is, is your toughest road game besides Notre Dame. I think you're, you're set up for another double-digit win season. We'll see if they take the Atlantic crown, though. Yeah, I, I think the interesting thing with Clemson, you – really saw for the first time in the Davos Swinney area last year, era last year, you saw an inability for them to score points at the level that they needed to, uh, you know, for a long time, they were kind of the, uh, you know, the offensive juggernaut going up against Alabama's, you know, stalwart defenses. And, the SEC defenses against Clemson's high-powered offense. And what we saw last year was them sputtering on offense, just 5.2 yards a play, 26.3 points a game. Uh, major questions about DJ Uyunglele. Um, 
you know, I, I'm interested to see how that quarterback competition plays out. Cade Klubnick is a guy that they have been really high on for a while. However, there's the experience factor. And then, you know, are they willing to turn the page? And this is kind of a new era for Clemson. You mentioned the transfer portal. They do not dip into that. Um, and now they're they're working for the first time in a while with two new coordinators. Tony Elliott uh, left to be the head coach at Virginia. So that's on offense. And then Brent Venables finally leaving to become a head coach. He takes the Oklahoma job. Uh, Wes Goodwin steps in for him. Now, defense, I think that there's a, a lot more answers to a few questions there. A tremendous defensive line. They've got a good set of linebackers. They have a good secondary. Uh, that's going to be one of the better defenses in the country. So I think on defense, it's more of a, hey, coordinator, don't screw this up. On offense, it's Brandon Streeter, the new play caller. I, I think it's more a case for him of, hey, we need help. Figure this out. So a lot more pressure on Streeter to figure out the offense. They've got to figure out a way to score more. It sounds strange to say, but 26.3 points a game is not going to be enough to mount a push for the playoff, which is what Clemson is going to want to do. Um, so I, I think that they're really interesting mainly because they've been so good for so long that when you see a bit of vulnerability and you see some change within that program, uh, it looks really foreign because we haven't seen it for a while. How are they going to respond to it? Um, and then, you know, the competition in their division has gotten better. NC State has gotten a lot better. That's a program that Dave Doran has led for a long time. Um, and I think that they had kind of settled into a seven, eight win type pattern uh, where people thought, well, this is what they are. And the NC State administration very wisely continued to believe, and Dave Doran continued to believe, hey, even if this is all that we are, this is pretty good. They did not let perfection be the enemy of really good. Uh, they didn't chase something that maybe wasn't there. And after a while, NC State maybe has taken that very difficult step and leveled up. Um, Devin Leary back at quarterback from a team that was nine and three. Uh, they've got a good defense that you know needs to be a little bit, uh, even a little bit better this year if they want to to get over the hump uh, and get to one of those major bowl games, uh, which I think is going to require you know ten or eleven wins. Um, I think that the big question for NC State is going to be the weapons around. Devin Leary, do they have enough firepower around him? It's going to be a really good defense. You have a good quarterback, uh, a guy that is an NFL prospect for sure. Um, the question for NC State will be, can the weapons around Devin Leary do enough to make a difference in those big games? And can NC State avoid that silly loss um, that they've, they've been bit by in the past? Uh, yeah, there's a few opportunities for that silly loss. Yeah. They do open the season at East Carolina. And that, you know, if you're talking silly losses, 
that would be a silly loss. Um, Their non-conference schedule is not horrible. Um, You know, they get East Carolina, um, Colorado State, Texas Tech, and UConn, three of those at home. Uh, You do have to go to Clemson, and you do have to go to North Carolina at the end of the year. And and Louisville, who's got um, a good quarterback over there, in, in Malik Henry and um, you know, that, that game to end the season with two straight road games is tough, but we'll see. Uh, also another silly game that they could lose is at Syracuse. We've seen um, teams, especially Clemson go up to the dome up there and, uh, and not play well. And it, Syracuse is coming off an open week uh, the week before that, that could be another silly loss for for nc state so yeah i think they need to they have the talent to get over the hump and they might have the best quarterback in the acc um but they have to get over that uh that stigma of hey they're nc state they can't take the next step and uh and something like that so i mean i i'll i'll interject here that you mentioned might have the best quarterback in the ACC. I, I think you're right. They, they definitely might. Malik Cunningham from Louisville. Yeah, Malik uh, Cunningham, Hanley. not Malik Henry. Henry. Sorry. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Malik Henry, a little blast from the past there. But um, Malik Cunningham, a, a Malik that has actually delivered on his hype. Um, Tyler Van Dyke from Miami. But my my favorite quarterback in this in this conference is Sam Hartman at Wake Forest. Um, and I'll take a, a minute, just kind of my annual talk about Wake Forest time. I love watching Dave Clawson's teams and his offenses play. Uh, I, I think that they are beautifully constructed. And he does as good a job as anybody in the country of getting the most out of what he has finding a way to put the talent that he does have, and he does have talent. This is not a group of, you know, two-star and one-star players just across the board that figure out a way to magically win their division. He has talent, but it's not talent at the level of NC State and Clemson uh, and Miami and some of the other teams in the ACC. But Dave Clawson figures out guys for his system and figures out a way to fit the talent that he does have and the personnel that he does have into a really, really good system. And they are so much fun to watch on offense. Averaged over 41 points a game last season. Uh, Sam Hartman was terrific uh, at quarterback. He does not have the best physical tools, but clearly understands the offense incredibly well. And when you know how to run this offense, which is kind of a uh, option read, but the way that they use, the way that they run their option uh, and their their reads is so much different than everybody else in major college football. It's a delay where Sam Hartman and the running back, whoever that is, and they use quite a few different guys as, as ball carriers, they wait and hold on at that mesh point for so long, it is so difficult for the defense to understand what's happening 
whether or not it's going to be a run, where that run is going to go, or if Hartman still has the ball, is he going to run, which he is capable of, or is he going to come back and have one of the quick reads available to him with their weapons on the outside? Um, really good receivers, A.T. Perry, Taylor Morin, Donovan Green. They return four offensive linemen. The offense is going to be amazing once again. The defense, they do need to figure out some things on that side of the ball. It was not good last year. Gave up over uh, 31 points a game. Got run on by everybody. Almost 200 yards per game allowed on the ground. They turned to Purdue and brought Brad Lambert, who Purdue really liked at coordinator. Wake Forest was able to poach him uh, from Purdue. So he's the new coordinator for Wake Forest on the defensive side of the ball. Um, I, I think that it's going to be interesting to see if they can improve that defense a little bit. What is the ceiling for this Wake Forest team? Uh, they get Vanderbilt in, uh, in the out-of-conference play, VMI at Vanderbilt, Liberty, and a very interesting, fun game against Army, at least fun for me, on October 8th. Uh, I will gobble that game up for sure. Uh, they get to host Clemson. They do go to NC State. And then cross division, they're at Florida State. They play Boston College. Uh, they're at Duke. Play North Carolina. Uh, it certainly could have been a lot worse. You know, they avoid Miami. Um, so I, I love Wake Forest. I think that they have a shot to win double-digit games this coming season. Um, and and really. To, to spoil things, I am picking them to repeat as division champs, which uh, definitely goes out on a limb, but that's what I want to see. They've got a chance of doing it, so I'm going to root for that to happen. Um, I think Dave Clawson is a terrific, terrific coach. Yeah, and if, TJ, I don't know if you, you've read the article on The Athletic about the Wakey Leaks thing back in, I think it's 2016, um, yeah. where they had – their radio announcer was given playbooks to opponents and all that stuff. Uh, Dave Clawson, and, and you mentioned how much he loved their offense. Dave Clawson basically redid his whole offense um, yep, and the they up. run it. Yeah. From the ground up. Um, you know, those were two years. I think they went three and nine both years. Uh, and, and then they started taking off and it was, it was shocking to see how little that story blew up. Um, and then, you know, especially reading back on it, you have a radio announcer. He's a former coach. He was under Dave Doran uh, beforehand. There was a, a revenge factor. And I think if it was anybody but Wake Forest, man, that imagine if that happened at, at Alabama or yeah. Clemson or Notre Dame that, you know, it would have changed the sport probably. Um, but if you, if our listeners are subscribers to The Athletic, please, please go read that story. It is a fantastic, um, a fantastic, interesting read on on what happened, um, holy cow, seven years, six years ago. Uh, so, and that kind of makes Wake a little bit more lovable. Yeah, I know IU, played played Wake Forest in, in 2016 and 2015 uh, and, and lost and lost one of those games but just the the rebound from that incident uh, where 
I mean, it, it story goes into players' reactions, how they found out, you know, what was happening on the field during the game where the players knew. And it's just a, a fascinating story about what happened. So that's my athletic – they should give me some – subscription fees over here but that's my shameless plug for that athletic story i thought it was fantastic um let's go you you mentioned um wake as your atlantic division champion let's do division champions uh tj you you picked wake in the atlantic who's your coastal uh division champion and who's your acc winner yep so i'm gonna go with miami um i think that the hurricanes have Really had a terrific offseason. Uh, getting Mario Cristobal to come back home uh, to Miami, I think he's a perfect fit for that job. It's a place that he really, really wants to be and wants to succeed at. Um, so I, I think that they've had a wonderful uh, offseason, both personnel-wise at the coaching level and really maximizing the NIL time. You mentioned uh, that you know, who knows how many millions of dollars are being poured into that program to get players in there. Um, I I think that there are some concerns still with the overall level of roster talent and depth, Uh, but Tyler Van Dyke's a really good piece to start with. He looked awesome in the back end of their season last year, 20 touchdowns to only three interceptions. Uh, Josh Gaddis is the uh, coordinator for them now, I, I've never been all that uh, uh, impressed with Gaddis, but still, that, that's a, a good hire, one that makes sense. Um, their offensive line should be good. The defense is really what needs help. Uh, almost 30 points a game last year given up, and I, I don't really think that the personnel on defense is all that great. Um, but it is improved over what it was a season ago. Plus, schedule-wise, you know, they get to host Pitt uh, on November 26th. I think Pitt's the other roster that's kind of ready to make a challenge for the division title. Um, So I'll give them the nod over Pittsburgh just because they've got the quarterback position figured out. They have that answer with Van Dyke, and they've got the home game against the Panthers. So I'll go with Miami versus Wake Forest. And I'm taking Wake Forest to get the job done uh, and win the ACC. So I guess that would lead me to say, well, do I believe the ACC gets a playoff team? Do I think Pitt or do I think Wake Forest is going to the playoff? The answer is no. I don't think the ACC gets a playoff team. Um, I don't think the Wake Forest has quite enough to make that happen. Uh, But I'm going to go with Wake Forest over Miami winning the ACC. I do think that if if the Hurricanes continue on the path they are on, uh, they will be the team to beat in this conference before much longer. Yeah, I'm, I'm not as sold on, on Clemson as a lot of the national people. I know, I know their defense is very, very good, but in this day and age, you need something on offense. Uh, and they just you're not going to win the, the conference. You saw that last year, averaging 24 uh, points per game and things like that. So I think Clemson, if they could figure out the quarterback position, probably wins that division, but I got to see it to believe it. I'm going to go with NC state. Um, 
I think hosting Wake Forest in November, that could be the difference. Now, I know they do have to travel to Clemson um, and North Carolina, but they have so much returning production. And I think it's time for Devin Leary to take that next step and for NC State to take that next step. I think they take the Atlantic division. Uh, in the Coastal Division, I don't even know if it's close. I, I think it's, you know, Miami always gets hyped up and kind of falls flat. We've been waiting for Miami to return uh, to what they were, you know, when they were in the Big East um, ever since they joined the ACC. And it just hasn't happened. Um, there was supposed to be Florida State and Miami battling it out all the time. It just has yeah. never materialized. Uh, I do think Miami on paper is probably more talented than everybody. It's really tough to, to pick Pitt because they've lost, they, they lost a Heisman finalist and Kenny Pickett. They lost their offensive coordinator um, to, to another job. It's um, Mark Whipple. He went to somewhere in the big 10 to Nebraska. Um, Yeah. That's a good hire. Yeah, it was a good hire. And they lost uh, their wide receiver Addison to the transfer portal to USC, which is a whole nother bag of, you know, bag of worms uh, with, with tampering and what might have happened there and, and, and things like that. So I don't know if I put stock in, in Pitt, but it comes down to that last week of the season. Miami has to go to Clemson and then play Pitt at home. So those those are huge two games to end the season. Pitt gets Duke and then at Miami. Um, and you'll see how they they fare against SEC foes. Uh, Duke hosts Tennessee after beating them last year. Miami has to go to Texas A&M. You'll find out pretty quickly where, where each of these programs stand. I uh, just don't think North Carolina, they, they've lost a lot as well. Um, I just don't, don't see them beating Miami at Miami. They have to play Notre Dame as well. Uh, and things like that. Uh, so I, you know what, I'm going to take Miami in the coastal and I'll take Miami to win the ACC. Uh, but there's a lot of what ifs, um, in, in this conference. And I, I think if other than Clemson, if a one team, a one loss team comes out, even if it is Clemson, I don't know if you don't beat Notre Dame, I don't think you go to the college football playoff. I don't think in a, a 12 and one Clemson team with a loss at Notre Dame goes to the playoff. Miami, Miami might, um, you know, if you lose either Clemson or Texas A&M, that's a, a decent loss, but if you, that means you're beating one of them and it's a really good win uh, as well. Plus you knock off Pitt, North Carolina, um, at Virginia Tech, at Virginia. I think the ACC champion is going to have to go undefeated to make it to the playoff this year. Yeah, I think there's a decent chance of that. Of course, there's always variables with, you know, what everybody else is doing. Um, but I, I, I tend to agree with you. I don't see a ton of um, quality opportunities for these teams 
that if they do have that one loss, that they'll still be able to get in. Um, I, I, one other storyline kind of to watch for in every conference, but in, in the ACC, I think there's a number of guys that are uh, definitely a little bit on the hot seat. Um, Dino Babers at Syracuse, um, Scott Satterfield at Louisville certainly needs a big season or you might see those, uh, see those, you know, rumors pick up once again that Satterfield out Louisville comes uh, to West Lafayette asking for a, a reunion once again with Jeff Brom. Um, he had some uh, weird comments about the Louisville job too. Brom. Yeah. Very weird. Yeah. So you might see that pick up again. Um, if, if Satterfield is unable to, to turn it around in a tough division, uh, Mike Norvell, I, I, you know, they had some progress last year, but with the way that uh, with Deion Sanders is recruiting uh, at Jackson State, would it be all that shocking if Florida State has a bad season and they say, you know what, screw this with NIL stuff, let's get Deion Sanders in here and, and get rolling? I wouldn't be shocked. Um, I'd be a so- little shocked. Like, I wouldn't be shocked, but I'd be a little shocked. It, it, I think it would have to go very poorly this season. But, you know, there's a chance. But I could that it see does. it because they're, they're a former blue blood. It's like, it's what they do is they cut bait after a couple years. But I, I'd be shocked that all of those things happen to lead to, to Dion coming to Florida State. Um, yeah. Yeah. But you never know. Yeah. Um, Jeff Collins at Georgia Tech. Uh, he's in big time trouble. Uh, you know, he came into that job. It seemed like a good fit. He was making a lot of, a uh, lot of smoke on the recruiting trail that didn't really turn into results, uh, kind of really playing up into the Atlanta, um, Atlanta market and trying to make Georgia Tech really cool. But that's such a hard job with the academic standards that they've got in place. It's a unique place. Uh, but he's just nine and twenty-five over three seasons. Uh, if if they struggle again, which I think they probably will, because they only return four starters, I I struggle to see where Georgia Tech goes from there, and if they're able to bring him back yet again. So I think several jobs could open up after this season. So that's always something to watch. Um, I I think we're both in line though that there's one really interesting division and one division that uh, doesn't look all that good from the outside uh, with Miami kind of potentially making a move for Mario Cristobal, NIL coming into play in a division that's there for the taking all coming together at the same time. It could be a really good time for the hurricanes here over the next few seasons. Um, As we turn to kind of our road trip, uh, side of things, we take one game, uh, you know, from each conference that we'd love to be at. Uh, that you know factors in the location, factors in the, the teams that are playing, uh, and for me, uh, the the stakes that are on the line. And I, I'm really interested in that NC State versus Wake Forest battle. Uh, Carter Finley Stadium in Raleigh looks awesome. Looks like a really cool environment. So I'll take November 5th, Wake Forest at North Carolina State. And what I think is the battle for that division. 
yeah. I mean, it's tough. Clemson, like Clemson, is the obvious road trip, but right, they're yeah. they're huge games, really. I mean, Miami, I guess, but if Clemson is rocking and rolling, that game is essentially meaningless because um, you're probably going to get a rematch in the ACC title game if Clemson ends up winning the the Atlantic. Um, they play Notre Dame at Notre Dame. So it's, do you go, do you roll the dice and say, Hey, let's go to Winston Salem for Wake Clemson or, you know, Miami's not a great atmosphere, uh, down at Hard Rock stadium. Their, their stadium is not on campus. Um, but maybe I go to Chapel Hill on Friday night after Thanksgiving, uh, NC state, North Carolina, it's a rivalry game. Um, you know, there, there should be a lot on the line uh, for, for both teams. A, a division title could, could be on the line for both, um, but especially for North Carolina State. And you know North Carolina would like nothing more uh, than to knock off North Carolina State. Now, the only reason I, it, my schedule does not have whether or not it's a neutral site game if it is a home game for north carolina i'm going to that if it's not i'm yeah, going to virginia virginia yeah it's it a home is. game all right yep. that's where we're going we're going to chapel hill we're going after thanksgiving and uh that that's the game yeah that's a that's a good choice i mean rivalry games are always fun you're right that would be quite the atmosphere if north carolina was you know, decent to pretty good, uh, was playing pretty well. They are a young team. They have had a couple of really good recruiting classes. And if that starts to pay dividends here at the later end of this season, and you've got North Carolina State coming in with a chance to win the division, uh, that would be quite the fun game uh, to be at, no doubt. Definitely. Uh, the ACC, it's still a fun a fun conference to watch. Notre Dame plays a big role in it. Uh, they will play a bit. It doesn't count as a conference loss, but I think they'll right. play a big role on who comes out of that, that conference as a playoff contender because Notre Dame's got a shot at, and we'll talk about Notre Dame in a couple weeks, but they got a shot at, at Boston College. At um, They play Clemson as well. You get Syracuse, you get a handful of teams there that if Notre Dame wins, they as an independent could claim the ACC spot uh, in the college football playoff. But yeah, if the ACC ends up winning those games, especially Clemson um, and some of the other bigger names who, who we think are, are going to be in the mix, that's a marquee win for them. So we'll see. It's we've now gone three power five school uh, conferences in a row where we're not really sure that they have enough talent or enough um, star power uh, or cachet to, to make it to the playoff without, you know, either running the table or being a one loss team. So it's going to be interesting to see, does, is this the year that a two loss champion gets in? Uh, is this the, the year that, God forbid the the SEC gets three teams in, uh, or maybe uh, BYU and some other independents make a run 
as well. Anyway, TJ, uh, that does it for the ACC preview. Next week, we will have Andy Graham on to talk IU football as we lead into Big Ten Media Days, which are July 26th and 27th. So that's next Tuesday and Wednesday. IU goes on the 26th. I'll put up the schedule uh, for that on our Twitter account as well. But I'm, I'm looking forward to, to talking some IU football with, with you and Andy again. That, the last time w- was a lot of fun. Yes. Yeah, we are definitely thrilled to, to have Andy, Andy on as a uh, regular guest for us moving forward. And uh, he's, you know, an invaluable resource that's going to, to bring a lot to this show. So uh, hopefully everyone can uh, can listen to this week's episode and then be excited to, to tune in to listen to Andy uh, as we get ready for Big Ten Media Days, which, you know, right after that, uh, we're jumping into Group of Five and Big Ten Preview, and then our IU content uh, ramps up on the podcast, all leading up to September 2nd against Illinois. Uh, so we, we are getting there. Um, countdown continues every day on the site. Tune into that. Opponent previews going up each week as well. So um, we're, you know, we're churning through this offseason and hopefully not too much longer for all of you before we get into actual football. I know you and I are both uh, chomping at the bit for that. Yep, chomping at the bit. Don't want to wish my summer away uh, with school starting up soon, but I, I'm ready for for some college football. Uh, Big Ten Media Day start. That is the unofficial start of the preseason um, or the official end of talking season, as uh, many people call it. And then we'll get into, you know, IU specific stuff and we'll have, we're almost down to a month left. So it's right around the corner Uh, and we'll see IU Wilson, Tywin Mullen, Cam Jones and AJ Barner to media day. So no quarterbacks. That means nobody has been named a starter. Uh, And we'll bring you all the news from big 10 media days. We'll have somebody on the ground in Indianapolis. uh, So keep, uh, keep checking on Twitter at Hoosier underscore huddle. Come back to HoosierHuddle.com as well, and we'll have everything covered. Uh, thanks again, TJ, for hosting another great preview, and uh, we'll be back next week with Andy Graham to talk about IU and some questions heading into Big Ten Media Days. Thank you, everybody. Have a good week. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The NBA Finals are heating up. Looking for hot takes on all the postseason action? The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, is the podcast to listen to for the ultimate finals coverage. Host and former NBA sharpshooter J.J. Redick not only has a plugged-in perspective on the action from his time in the league, but he's also announcing the games in real time for ESPN. 
JJ has the ultimate insider point of view, and he's taking you along for the ride as he breaks down the best defensive schemes, dunks, and drives from each game. And speaking of incredible drives, there's no better place to tune into your new favorite podcast, The Old Man and the Three, than in a standard-setting BMW. Luxury meets power to create a wholly new driving experience. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard, BMW, the ultimate driving machine. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center. Thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. 